Welcome back to the. Wait, I forgot. I forgot which podcast I'm doing here. Hold on. A second. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the Children's Health Podcast. I'm Christian Yordanov, your host. Today we have a guest. His name is Charlie Robinson. Charlie Robinson is a number one best-selling author. He's written three books so far. Um, one of those books is The Octopus of Global Control. Another one he co-wrote with Jeff Berwick called The Controlled Demolition of the American Empire. And his third book is Hypocrisy. And he's also the host of a few uh, podcasts, including the really awesome um, uh, Macro Aggressions. And I, I said all of this without reading it. it. It all came from memory because I know Charlie's work quite well. Um, he's been on my other podcast, Connecting Minds, a couple of times. I was just on his podcast uh, a few days ago. Um, and he's a, a very devoted researcher. And I always love talking to him and, and hearing his insights. So, Charlie, thank you so much for joining us on the Children's Health Podcast, bro. Well, thank you for having me. And I always enjoy our conversations, too, and because we talk about health we talk about the world, we talk about the insanity of it, we talk about how important it is to take care of yourself first, you know, take, you got to take care of your, your health and be responsible for that and how you can't just outsource this to the government or any government to, to take care of you, you know, so, so my work with, with, with writing about governments and how they behave has led me to an understanding that like, if you are putting any sort of faith in a government to do anything important for you, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be let down. And especially when it comes to health and over what we've gone through over the last three years, I think it's been proven to a lot of people that didn't know this or understand this before. The government is the wrong place to tell you how to be healthy. They're, they, they don't know. They don't know you. They don't care about you. They really don't. They have to deal with you. They, 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 they would prefer you go away. They don't really care, at least here in America, they don't really care if you're sick. Because if you're sick, you generate revenue for them in other ways. So they see you differently than you see yourself. And of course, you, nobody has a, a, a greater uh, motivation to take care of themselves than you. And, and, and so to allow the governments to get involved and say, you know, this is healthy. This is not healthy. If you do that, you're going to be, well, you're going to be unhealthy. You're going to be listening to people that are, um, uh, that, that don't, don't want the same things that you want. So I think it's important for us to, to like for, in my case, just to reevaluate my relationship with governments and how, how distrustful I am of them. And then when regard, when we're talking about health, um, I've covered quite a bit of that in, in my books. And so when the, when the, situation came around in the last three years. I'm not sure how much of that we can even talk about without getting censored. But but what happened in the last three years, I I didn't need that recap. I didn't need that uh I didn't need to to discover that the government was untrustworthy. I knew that in advance and was screaming and waving my arms like don't listen to these people. They're they're not they're not to be trusted. And now I think after going through that, there's a whole lot of people that are saying, okay, what can I do to take care of my own health and to put, you know, put it in my own hands and not outsource my, my health, uh, to the, to the government, to the United States government. It just seems like a, a dumb idea to me. Absolutely. And it's so funny. So I, I have all, all of your books, um, in hard cover. Uh, I have, uh, 
your your three books in paperback and one is a hardcover i believe and i have a couple of them on kindle so i went to your your the octopus of global control book on my kindle here on the web and i was like i know you extensively um cover the corruption and um and all this nefarious stuff that's been going on so I was like, let me get some talking points out of out of the book. So I opened the book, and guess on what page? So the the um the subtitle of the page that I landed on, basically where I had left uh left off uh, last time I had opened the book, Guatemalans deliberate deliberately infected with syphilis. So I went back a couple. It was the, the previous page. So basically, you list there a bunch of medical conspiracies that turned out to be true. So we talk about the, or you talk about the Tuskegee syphilis study. And there, uh, there's a quote, uh, Bill Clinton, former U.S. Uh, president, as everybody knows, apologizing for that, um, uh, this incident or this uh, sort of, so he said uh, and just to the, the last part of that is we can look at you in the eye. This is Bill Clinton, guys. We can look at you in the eye and finally say on behalf of the American people, what the United States government did was shameful. And I am sorry. That's that's Bill Clinton, the most shameful and sorry, one of the most same, shameful <laughs> and sorry SOBs around. Um, so then there was a bunch of stuff. So the th- th- thalidomide babies, you know, a lot of folks were probably not even born uh, that are listening to this, the you know this drug that, uh, that was supposedly a cure for morning sickness, headaches, and the common cold, and all those uh, babies being born without limbs, and then you go on about fluoride. So you've done an extensive amount of research uh, on the health side of things, as a uh, as well as all the other stuff. Um, I don't even know where where like where where do we where I, I guess COVID was a big wake up call for people, but where uh, you were. You're a parent, obviously. We're on the children's health podcast here. Um, uh, what What are some to the incredulous parent out there that is like, why would they lie? Like, well, I trust the government. You know that that are probably suffering from Stockholm syndrome. How would you begin to talk to a person like that and start unraveling this massive ball of yarn? that is most likely Stockholm syndrome or just uh, the uh, controlled perceptions that you, you're you born with and that's how you've been raised and brainwashed to, to trust government when it comes yeah, to well, kids' health. Well, first to those people, uh, this is, I'm not saying this to, to you know, I, we were all there. You know, we all believed that the government was telling us the truth at some point. I think I would start with this fact. All of the major pharmaceutical companies operating inside America are all convicted felons. Every single one of them. They've all been convicted in courts of law of crimes, of felonies, including price fixing, fraud, uh, manipulation of data, just outright criminality, racketeering. The largest fine ever paid in the history of corporations on planet Earth was paid by Pfizer for lying about their studies, for making them up for a drug that wound up killing people 
in droves. So I think it's important for us to get real about the relationship that we have with the pharmaceutical industry. First and foremost, the pharmaceutical industry is there to keep you just healthy enough to stay on their drugs and just sick enough to um, always need their drugs. You know, to keep they want to keep you alive. They don't want to kill you, and they don't want you healthy because there's no money in either of those. Yeah, they want you right in the middle, just sick enough so that you're constantly on the drugs. They mention this. They talk about this openly. They would like for people to be on multiple medications because they make a lot of money from this. So, again, the 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 companies are run by criminals. There's not a medical doctor as CEO of any of these corporations either. They're all run by MBAs, you know, guys yeah. with business degrees, not MDs. The only person that is a doctor on any of the the CEOs of the major pharmaceuticals is a doctor of English, you know, so he's not even a medical doctor. Yeah. So so th th this isn't about health, it's about money. And people need to get honest about that. In America, we're desperately sick, just unbelievably sick. And in part of that is that we have a sick mentality. We have a mentality of, well, I just want a pill to fix this. And of course, we're enabled in this belief by turning on the t television and seeing ads for pharmaceutical drugs. That only happens in the United States and New Zealand. For those Americans that are hearing this, you assume that this is just normal, that this is everywhere. It's not. It's only in America and New Zealand that they are allowed to show television commercials for pharmaceutical drugs. And the way these commercials end is, you know, you can't go buy the drugs. They have to be prescribed. So the, the way it ends is ask your doctor if whatever it is, is right for you. And, and so they, they, they're trying to pull demand instead of having the doctors push demand. But then again, what you don't see as a consumer is that even though you are overwhelmed with all of the television ads that you see, the ads in magazines, the ads online, the ads everywhere you go for all this pharmaceutical, all the, the, the products, it feels overwhelming. It, it, you, we've made jokes about how brought to you by Pfizer, brought to you by Pfizer. You know, every TV show is brought to you by Pfizer. Take all of the money that they spend for all of those ads that you've seen your entire life, add all that up, multiply that by seven, and that's the amount of money that they spend advertising directly to the doctors. So we don't even see that money. We don't even know that that money's out there going directly to the doctors, but the, the advertisement bombarding that we get as consumers is nothing compared to what the doctors get. So the pharmaceutical industry has decided that it's just a better play for them to advertise to the doctors on one hand to get them to sort of have it fresh in their mind and then advertise it to the consumers as well and have them sort of pull, you know, pull marketing as opposed to push marketing. So, so the, the consumers are demanding these products, right? So, mm. so that's where we have to start from as consumers in America. We have to understand that the pharmaceutical industry is run by criminals. It's not my opinion. It's a measurable observation. They're convicted felons, all of them. So you've got that. They have been busted. There's You can find lists of all of the times that they have been found guilty and the, the crimes that they... The, the American medical industry is the number three leading cause of death in America. 
behind heart disease and cancer. If that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what will. So, and, 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 and people go, well, well, this is crazy. I didn't know any of this stuff. Well, it gets much worse, unfortunately, because the reason why this is allowed to happen is because a hundred years ago, before any of us were alive, the Rockefeller Foundation and their and that group made a decision that they were going to get involved in the medical industry. And they did some things that they used, some tactics that they used while leveraging their position in the oil industry. They used the same tactics in, in the pharmaceutical or in the in the medical industry. They created the pharmaceutical industry. And then in order to make it seem legitimate, they then created the medical school industry. Again, for those that don't know, the Rockefellers also developed the compulsory schooling industry in America. So they're, they're pretty good at creating schools. They've already done it. They did it in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And they did it again with medical schools. So they created medical schools and they put people in positions of power at the medical schools that would only say only and always say that the pharmaceutical way of doing this, the allopathic medicine, the medicine that's derived from petroleum, the medicine that comes out of, out of the Rockefeller industry, the, that is real medicine. Everything else is fake medicine, chiropractors, uh, naturopathies, you know, uh, acupuncture, herbalists, Chinese therapy, all that stuff. That's all fake. That's all quackery. And anybody that mm. says otherwise is 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 a stupid person. Yeah. The only real medicine is this Rockefeller medicine that we've we've created. So again, for for those that that are struggling to understand this. It's like you need just a little bit of history. You don't need a full dissertation on who the Rockefellers were. They're bad people. They want to control the world and depopulate it. That's a real important component of this is that their goal is to get rid of all these people that are taking up space on their planet. So again, when you've got that as your as your overriding belief system, and then you create the pharmaceutical industry, I just ask what do you think is going to happen? The guys that believe in depopulation are creating the pharmaceutical industry, and then it's the number three leading cause of, of death in America. The pharmaceutical industry is working exactly the way it was designed. Yeah. The problem is we, we mistakenly think it was designed to help us. And in actuality, the Rockefellers designed it to depopulate us. And that's a big one for people to get over when they go, ah, yeah, get out of here. That, that sounds crazy. Of course it sounds crazy. I don't deny that it sounds crazy. It sounds more than crazy. It sounds diabolical, like you would never do this. But this is what they're doing, and this is how they're doing it. So so when you get sort of honest about your relationship with the pharmaceutical industry first, then you start to come at it from a different direction, and I think it, it makes it easier for people to to understand what's going on when they get rid of some of these assumptions that they had in their head, which is, Oh, they're the medical industry here in America is here to make me healthy. It's not <laughs> it, because if they were trying to make you healthy, they're failing, but they're not trying to make, <laughs> it, trying to make a, the country sick. So now I ask you, how are they doing? The answer is they're actually doing a really good job of it. The problem is the job that they set out to do is much different than the job we assume that they're doing. Exactly. If um, if the if the goal is to to make us healthy, they're failing miserably. 
and then it must be that the human being is just so flawed and all that stuff. But then if you go look at, you know, hunter-gatherer populations and how how, health, how healthy people were 100 and 200 years ago. And I'll tell you, I've, I've spoken to doctors and there's plenty of good doctors out there. We're not ripping on the doctors um, uh, per se. They've just, they just do what they're told they do what they're taught and i've spoken to doctors where um as soon as you make a reference to like um ancestral something ancestral or using ancestral wisdom for whatever it is you know for example when you run a high fever that's a that's a natural part of the healing process that's the there's a number of mechanisms there that are conducive to expelling be it expelling or killing a pathogen or just uh, getting the the viscosity of the water to go down uh, in the cells so that, that they can excrete uh, to toxic substances more readily. So, but then when you start <clears throat> talking to um, an apologist for the pharmaceutical uh, industrial complex, they'll say, "Yeah, but those people back in the day they would live to the age of 30. It's like, hold on, hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. you got you. If you think that people used to live to the age of 30 back in the day you are an that's another thing you've been brainwashed on yes the average age the average age may have been very very low but when you factor in infant mortality or the fact that a woman or a child uh, uh or, or let's just say the parents could lose their child in the first five years of life much more easily and oftentimes the mother would die along with the child so <clears throat> like yeah people uh, the average age may have been 30 but people used to live well into their 50s 60s and, and you know 70s people were robust and look at the way uh the hadza hunter-gatherers in tanzania for example is one group of people that have been kind of more extensively studied. Like these are very robust people. Like they can walk barefoot. They are strong. They're vital. They can hunt. They can fast for long periods of time. You know, their microbiota is super healthy and strong. They could like eat pathogens and like their, their body is going to, you know, deal with it. So people in general are very healthy and robust. So we have been weakened and it's it's a multi-pronged attack, but you don't even have to look at it as an attack. Let's just say modern life has has in multiple different ways made us very weak. And you know, if you trust the people that, like as Charlie just said, that the third cause of death in the USA is iatrogenic causes, so uh, medical mistakes, the wrong, the wrong. Um, uh, fucking side of the body being operated on the wrong organ being taken out. like literally these are things that people die from so it's um it's it i think if again if you if you're if you've spent two three four decades of your life believing that these these people are out there to help you you know it's very difficult to change your mind in a in an hour but um Hey, that's what we're here to do our best. Charlie, where where do we take it from here? I guess uh, we could unravel this for hours and hours, but what 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 what, what direction would you want to take it? Well, I think that um, you know the the this this idea in America that you can get a shortcut to health is really prevalent, and and we all want this, and 
we have this feeling that we're going to inject our way into health, which is which is crazy. But part of part of what what has done this is that you've got the medical establishment that's telling you a certain story. And then you have the media that reinforces this certain story. And then you have the general public that doesn't know that isn't a doctor and and doesn't know the the details of it. They then hear the medical or they they hear the 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 story that's being told to them by the media and they start to defend it as well. And the problem is that you can get yourself right about how the body works and what you need to do to fix it. And you can be a hundred percent correct, but you have to fight some battles. You have to fight battles against people that don't know as much as you know, and that want to tell you that you're wrong because they watched the news last night and the news would have said, uh, you know, you, you, what you're saying is crazy. So you must be wrong. Cause if you, what you're saying is true, well, I would have heard that on the news last yeah. night. And so here in the United States, there's this weird belief system. There, there's there's two lies, two forms of, of lying that we get. We get the overt lying right to our face. This is going to help you. This is going to make you feel better if you inject yourself with this vaccine or whatever you whatever it is that you do. This is going to make you feel better. I heard that on the nightly news. That's why I believe it. And then there's a secondary lie that's being told. This is the lie by omission. This is the the other group of people out there that that say will say to you, "Okay, look, I'm open to the fact that maybe vaccines are dangerous." But you know, if that were really true, surely I would have heard about it on the news at some point over the last couple of years. And like I never, I've never seen the news do a story on this, a big, a big expose on how dangerous it is. Uh, you know, if the, if what you're saying to me is such a big epidemic, and these kids are sick, and they're getting autism, and they're they're and, and these COVID patients are dropping dead, and they're dying, you know, and these soccer players are dying. If all that stuff was true, surely I would have heard about it on the news, and I haven't heard about it on the news, so therefore it's not true. Now that I understand where they're coming from. I understand why they would believe that, but there's a component that they don't know or they haven't thought of that prohibits the media from ever doing a story about that. And see, because of what I mentioned earlier, how America is one of the two countries that allows pharmaceutical ads to be advertised on the nightly news, because of that, your nightly news gets 60% of their advertising revenue from the pharmaceutical industry. So if Anderson Cooper woke up tomorrow morning and decided, you know what, I'm going to go into work at CNN tonight and I'm just going to go off the script of the teleprompter, I'm going to turn it off and I'm just going to go do a a big breakdown of how vaccines are dangerous and how they, he'd be fired the next day and there'd be a new guy replacing him, right? Because there is no way that the president of a news organization, CNN, MSNBC, ABC, whoever, is going to allow you to criticize the guys that pay their bills, at least 60% yeah. of their bills. Yeah. So the reason why the person in this fictional scenario has never heard a great breakdown on the news media of how, why or that the vaccines are dangerous is because that story can never be played on American news or else it will destroy them. So they're, they've become the media and the pharmaceutical industries are co-conspirators in this. They need each other. 
They spend money. The, the pharmaceutical industry spends money to run ads on the on the media, but they know that those ads don't go. That money doesn't go really. In, it doesn't do anything. Maybe some consumer demand. Hey, I'm going to go ask my doctor for whatever the name of this thing is I saw in the. But mm, that's minimum. Like I said, they spend seven times more money on the marketing direct to doctors. The reason why the pharmaceutical ads spend that money on the media isn't to create demand for their products. They don't give a shit about that. It's a bribe to make sure that the media never says anything bad about them because if they do, that money goes away. So that's what it's used for. It's the carrot or the stick. The carrot is we're going to give you, we're going to spend a billion dollars this year on your your network. You you can count on that. We're going to spend a billion dollars a year to advertise for a product that nobody really cares. You ever see a Lockheed Martin commercial on 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 <laughs> American uh, television? Uh, that'll blow your mind because you watch it and you go, uh, "Who are you advertising to? Thanks. Am I going to go? Am I going to buy an F sixteen? This is stupid. Why are you advertising this to consumers? The answer is. It's just a little something for the network. It's just a little money yeah. for the network. We're not advertising. We're just a rem- reminder that we're here. Wink, wink. And so yeah. with the mil- with the with the pharmaceutical industry, they make so much money off of their drugs. It's such a big, booming industry, especially if you get one that really does well, mm. that they can afford to throw away a little it's an insurance policy for them it's the money that yeah. they give to the mainstream media ensures that the mainstream media won't criticize their product which is which they should rightly be criticizing if they were doing their job but because they've now contributed money to it it creates a, a sense of loyalty towards pharma as opposed to towards the viewer and of course anybody that that that's honest with the mainstream media knows that the mainstream media they, they don't care about the viewer at all, except that you're a number on a uh, a, a spreadsheet that they get to show how many people are, are 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 have the TV turned on, but they don't care about you in any real way because if they did, they wouldn't lie to you every night, and they lie to you every single night about everything. And in America, here's just a little reminder, just a little tidbit in case you think that I'm maybe overdoing it with the media lies to you all the time. I would like to remind those that know and inform those that have never heard this of the Smith Modernization Act of 2012. This is a really unusual thing. There was the original Smith-Munt Act of 1948, which came out after World War II when America said, hey, listen, we just got done with World War II and we saw how dangerous propaganda can be. We watched it. We watched what it did to the German people. We watched what it did to a lot of it. It, it, it made people you know, act in a way that was incompatible with their own self-interest. It made them crazy. It made them part of the Third Reich, right? So we don't want this, but this propaganda is super dangerous. So we're not going to use it at home on our people. We'll still use it on everybody else. We're not that nice. We'll still use it on everybody else, but we're not going to use it at home on our people. We don't want to use propaganda on our people. We saw what happened in Germany when they did that. Obama came along in 2012 and said, I'm introducing the Smith-Munt Modernization Act. And what that did is it legalized propaganda to be used in America on Americans, specifically changed it so that we could legally 
be lied to. So when I say that the mainstream media is lying to you every night, I'm not kidding. Obama legalized it. Now, let's also be real. They were lying to us before 2012. We know that. But but again, they they took the extraordinary step of legalizing propaganda inside America because they intended to use some propaganda inside America. And that's what we've gotten. So when we get into the COVID lies and all of this stuff, and people are throwing their hands up going, I can't believe they lied to us. I can't believe Fauci. I can't believe they did all this stuff. They came out. They lied. They just lied to our face. Yeah. And it's legal because Obama made it legal. So I think that for the average person out there, that's just trying to get a, a you know, clear on what the relationship is that they have with the pharmaceutical industry, they have to also understand the relationship they have with the media as well, because the pharmaceutical industry and the media are connected at this point. So when you hear, when you see them, they're, they're often together, they're co-conspirators in this and they're, and one of them are convicted felons and the others are legalized liars. That's who you're working with. So again, if you take that, if you take advice from your television about how you're supposed to treat your health, you're getting health advice from pathological liars to telling you to go use products made by convicted felons. That's what you're doing. Yeah. You, you kind of create a pretty watertight case there. I don't think, I think a lot of, let's just say I, I I interviewed Ricky Verandas. Um, I published the interview a couple of weeks ago and I had a, a couple of people that I, I published the second part of the interview where we talked about, you know, vaccines and stuff. And some people, a, a couple of people completely unsubscribed from my members community and the, the members community, you know, it has a bunch of, free video courses there's hours and hours of video courses of you know uh on three different topics and for for parents and you have to be really sort of you can just ignore the the platform i don't send spam occasion i send uh, a, a, an email with a new post that's automated i, I hardly ever like shill anything so it, it I, my guess is someone listened to that second part of the interview and didn't like what they hear. So I think a lot of people, when you present them with cold, hard evidence and, uh, you know, stats and data and stuff, uh, at, at one point they were like, Nya-ha! you know, or, oh, you're just a conspiracy theory. And, you know, it starts to get into emotional reactions. But when you look, like I, I have a bunch of books here on just on vaccines and one is called Deadly Medicines and Organized Crime by uh, Peter Gotze. And like, mm -hmm. there's so many guys and, and, and uh, men and women out there like doing some really good research to expose all the corruption and all this criminality. And I think the only thing is, um, the only thing that stands in the way of people is their incredulity. And then uh, at that point is not wanting to do the research because I feel like, they're afraid of what they're going to uncover. They're afraid. It's it's almost like I don't want to know. It's like when 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 we we go to the when we go to the restaurant and a friend orders a milkshake, and you know 
sometimes like, dude, do you, do you even know what they put in that stuff? He's like, I don't want to know. I like the chemically taste. <laughs> right it's like um yeah i think a lot of people don't want to know because to be honest with you you yeah yeah you don't want to know if you found out very quickly what's going on in the world with with regard to these things you may you may have um some type of psychological event like you may get depressed or you know it, it may not end well so i don't recommend most people just start exposing themselves too much to the, to this information it's a muscle you have to build you have to start small have to start slow but i think the covid fiasco was definitely very telling of what the intentions are of these folks i just out of uh, i know uh, you've mentioned this on your podcast charlie that's why i'm bringing it up i wouldn't normally if you had told me this in private conversation but um i am pretty sure that i heard you that you left california because they started mandating vaccines uh in your uh, daughter's school can you tell us more about that yeah they there's a a bill called sb 277 which was uh in california and it said that all children that started school needed to be if kindergarten school needed to be fully vaccinated up to date on all, all schedule and they needed to stay that way all the way through school all the way out and they needed to show proof of that every year they needed to now we we my daughter had just started uh preschool and and it was like next year next year it kicks in and we were like well we've got a we've got a good doctor we've got a doctor that's like I'll take care of this for you but the doctor was also had to tell us later I'm retiring. So we're oh. like, okay, our doctor's leaving. So there goes our ally who, who, you know, most definitely would have either, you know, faked the records or whatever. She, she understood what was going on. Nice. Um, but I was like, well, I mean, and, and I have no moral hang up on lying to these people about, or, you know, getting fake, uh, records. I have no moral hang up about that. My, my question was, God, what if we get in a situation where, it just becomes increasingly more difficult for us to fake this. And she's going to have to do it from kindergarten. Where now we've got the next 12, 13 years of doing this every single year as it gets tighter and tighter. And we had an opportunity to leave and move to a different state. And we said, well, let's do it now before she gets into the school. So we left and we, we moved to Colorado, which is a lot more relaxed on those sorts of things. And it's a shame because I lived in California for and I grew up there, they turned that state into a dump because mm-hmm. of governmental policies, things like this, overreach. And so, yeah, I made that decision to move. And uh, that was a, a good one for for our family. And because we just want to do things the way we want to do them. And the government says, no, you have to do it differently. And I, I have no respect for them. I have no respect. I don't believe that they have the authority to tell me how to live my life, my family's life. I don't, yeah. I don't, they, you know, I don't respect their authority on anything, but especially with regard to health. It's like the word, the, the least credible people out there, they're going to lecture you on health. I mean, it's just, it's, it's crazy to me. So we made that decision and I realized that not everybody is in a position to make that move mm-hmm. But we did, and and we did it 
and it was, uh, and we were glad that we did, and we've never had issues with with any sort of vaccination component mm. to to the the schooling. It's just there's a questionnaire that we have to fill out at her school that says like, "Are we good?" And you're like, "Yep, we're good." And you're like, "Okay," <laughs> like that's really? pretty much like how it is. Like, is everything fine? Like, everything's fine. Like. Okay. Well, we'll just keep, make sure everything stays fine. We're like, okay, we will do. (laughs) So, so, so we're not, uh, you know, but, but again, that that's the, the uneven sort of enforcement of this across multiple States. And, 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 you know, it just, it just is, I think it's left people in a, in a situation where they're now starting to ask questions that they never asked before, especially after COVID after three years of that, after three hour, three years of inconsistent statements as far as wear the mask, don't wear the mask, take this, don't take that. Uh, ivermectin works, it's great, it'll it'll help you. No, 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 you can't take that. In fact, if you even talk about it, we'll throw you off social media. We'll make you look stupid in Rolling Stone, and we'll 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 call it horse paste, and we'll we'll tell everybody to laugh at you. And you're like, wow, that's an interesting reaction to something that can actually help people. I thought we, I thought it was like all hands on deck. We're all going to die. Like, let's figure out how to survive this virus with a 99.98% survivability rate. Like, I wonder how we're going to do that. It's like, well, I found something that'll work. They're like, don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. Or you're a conspiracy theorist. It's like, okay, they won the Nobel prize for ivermectin. Does that matter? They're like, no, it's, it's horse paste. You're like, okay. So, so you've already started to see you know, for those parents that have gone through this the last three years, they've already started to see this real nonsensical approach to health. You know, stand on the dot. You got to stand on the dot, Christian. You can't stand in front of the dot or the virus will get you. And if you go down that aisle at the grocery store, the wrong direction, you're definitely going to get it. It's going to blow right into your face and up your nose. Or you have to be careful sitting on toilets because everybody knows COVID can go through the pipes. I mean, these are real stories that we heard here. So like the idea that the government and the media are going to tell you how to live your life with regard to health. I mean, even if you did trust them, how would you know what to do? They've changed their story so many times. They've told you this was safe. And then they said it wasn't, then told you that was dangerous. And then it turned out it, 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 it was fine the whole time. So they've been wrong about everything. I would suggest intentionally wrong. And they've created confusion. And, and nobody that, that's, you know, the general public that's out there trying to get their bearings and just like figure, I'm just trying to stay safe. I just want to know what's the smartest thing I can do for me, for my family, the, those people, I don't want to get in other people sick. Like, tell me what to do. The answer was, uh, wear a mask that doesn't work, stand on a dot that's six feet away from other people. But uh, and, and take a vaccine because it's for your health. And if you don't believe that it's that we're really interested in your health, then we'll incentivize you to take the shot by giving you a free glazed donut every single day for a year, because we're going to prove to you that it's about your health. You know, and so like you didn't even have to be a conspiracy theorist to start asking questions. And what I think a lot of people found out, which you know we could have told them this was going to happen. For those of you that aren't conspiracy theorists out there that are, start asking questions, you will find that they didn't appreciate you asking any questions. Mm-hmm. They don't appreciate you questioning them at all. They're the authority on this. And I think a lot of people that would have just been kind of like in that middle group of like, I'm not, 
a con- I'm not a conspiracy guy or or what I'm just I'm just a normal person. I think even they were saying this messaging sounds crazy to me. It doesn't make any sense. It's inconsistent. It's incompatible with logic. It doesn't it doesn't hold you're going to make me stand 6 feet away from this guy as I'm boarding an airplane to go sit four inches away from people on other side. Like, like what am I supposed to do? You got to keep your mask on, on the flight, but you can take your mask off if you have a drink, you know? So you're like, (laughs) whoa, like every part of the story made your brain hurt. And, and then if, but, but if you were a logical, decent human being and noticed that and questioned and said, this seems crazy to me, you would see what the, what the response was. Shut up, get in line, stop talking about that. We'll deplatform you. They did all these things that you wouldn't do if you were operating in good faith. The government, the media, the social media platforms, they all did that to you. Your work, the president of the United States said that he was going to have OSHA operational uh, 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 safety and hazard association, the, the, the group that goes around to make sure that businesses are have fire extinguishers on the mm. wall and the right uh the doors aren't blocked in case there's a fire and there aren't yeah. bars the, the the company that's in charge of the organization that's in charge of making sure that workplace safety is fine they came out and all their directives didn't make any sense actively went against their own guidance with o2 you know co- masks covering and how much ventilation you're supposed to have it it, it violated their own codes and yet they were going around trying to shut down buildings. So you, you, you saw this and you're watching, you're just going, am I on drugs? I mean, nothing makes sense here to me. I'm watching government agencies contradict themselves. Pharmaceutical industries come out and say, Oh, everything's fine. Everything's safe and effective. And then the, you ask the CEO, did you take the shot yet? And he says, well, you know, I mean, I don't want to be greedy. I'm letting everybody else go first. And you're (laughs) like, okay. You know, like, so, so again, like it was so obvious and so nonsensical that that even the the person that wasn't normally paying attention was almost forced to pay attention and they were like going did you see this this looks crazy to me it's like yeah I've, read, I've written books about it you know so so it's been a it's been an interesting time and if you're a parent you know that's watching or listening to this you you Really, all you're trying to do is get the best information you can. And I and and my suggestion to parents would be get as much in, get information from a few different sources. And if if something that you heard, if you if you listen to a, the Ricky Verandas episode and it and it bothered you to the point where where you want to uh, unsubscribe, like, I mean, that's 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 a that's their problem, not Ricky's problem. Oh, that's yeah. a, that's a them problem. That's a, that's the, that's them thinking, you know, you're getting maybe a little bit too close to the truth. And by the way, if you're a parent and you, you, you injected your child with, with these poisons and you didn't know any better, we're not criticizing you. We're, I have a tremendous amount of empathy for parents that were duped into these things. If you're just finding this out now and you're feeling guilt, or maybe you, like you said, you don't want to know because you, you, you might feel like, well, if, if I know that I've done this and and it's detrimental to my child, then I'm going to feel bad. Like I wasn't doing my job as a parent to, to, you know, do, do the research necessary. And, and, and you're going to feel, if you feel guilty about that, I'm here to tell you, don't, don't feel guilty about that. 
You were lied to by professional liars, people that are very, very good at what they do. They made you feel guilty. They made you feel stupid if you didn't follow it. They, made, they, they, they said, well, listen, this is science. You don't know science. So they, they used all the tactics of manipulation on you that they could. So if you made the wrong decision for your kid, it's, it's really almost not your fault because you're, you're getting bombarded with this messaging from so many different directions. But I'll tell you what would be your fault. What would be your fault is coming to a position like right now where you, you un, you're now starting to understand this and you chose not to yeah. incorporate this into your, your new reality. That would be your fault. If you came to the understanding that the vaccines were dangerous and then you continued to do that, that would be your fault. But all the stuff leading up to it, like you get a free pass, you know, I mean, doesn't, it doesn't absolve your body of the, of the dangers of it. But as far as you feeling bad about like, maybe I let my kids down or anything, don't beat yourself up about that. There's nothing you can do about that now, except not yeah. make that decision and that mistake uh, moving forward. And, and those people that were called, you know, anti-science because, oh, you're anti-vax or you're anti-science. Now, I can tell you, I know a lot of the people in the anti-vax community. They're the most pro-science people you can find. That is why they are against the vaccines, not because they're anti-science, but because they're pro-science. Now, of course, there are, there's there's that very small segment of the population that are like, well, you know, we're just going to put it in God's hands and yeah. see what happens. There's that, okay? But that's not the majority of anti-vax people. The, the majority of anti-vax people are very pro-science and pro-research and have looked into it and they've come to a different conclusion. And part of the reason why they've come to a different conclusion is they're objective in their research in the sense that they don't have any money. There's no money in being an anti-vaxxer. Yeah. There's no or, benefit or, in that. Cloud. No, no. All you do is get made fun of yeah. and told that you're stupid and anti-science yeah. or get screamed at or get thrown out of doctor's offices. I mean, Christian, the first in interaction I had with the doctor when I moved to California, the pediatrician, we didn't know who to go to. We moved to a part of California where I grew up, but I didn't know any pediatricians. I'd been gone for a long time. We came back in we started to interview them. We just said, all right, well, let's look and see who we got. Right. So we went to doctor number one in a, in a, at the hospital where I know this is a good place. It's not some back room place. So we go there, we walk in. I immediately noticed because my antenna was up. I immediately noticed that the, the, the lobby was filled to capacity with sick kids. Which in my, you know, some people might look at that and go, this is a good pediatrician. He's got a, a lot of customers. And my response was, this guy must be doing something wrong because he's Jesus. got a bunch of sick kids in his office. Yeah. So I immediately noticed that. Then they brought us in and the first line of questions he said to me, and I mean, we weren't in that, in that enclosed office for more than 10 seconds before he said, how are we doing on the vaccines? And I said, well... Uh, and this is when my daughter was a year old. We just moved there. She was a year old. I said, well, we're on a, we're on a bit of a delayed schedule <laughs> was what I said, you know, which was code for we're not doing it. And he goes, oh, he goes, why don't you trust the government? Is that what and he I said? Thought he was, I thought he was kidding. And I kind of laughed. And then I looked at him and I saw he was serious. And I go, no, as a matter of fact, I don't. And he took his clipboard and he had a pen and he goes, he goes, well, at least now I know what I'm working with here. He wrote something down and I just elbowed my wife and I go, let's go. I go, we're done. Thank you. And we just walked out and left and never oh came back. And God. so I realized that like 
you will be made to feel stupid for standing up for your beliefs if you have information that is contrary to the medical industry. They will make you feel dumb. That doc- that doctor will try to make you feel like you don't know anything. He has a monopoly on the information, but it's not the case. And in fact, when you start to dig in, what you realize is that a lot of these guys went through medical school a long time ago, and the only thing they know about this stuff is what the sales reps from Pfizer tell them. And yeah. these guys have been doing it the same way for a long, long time, and there's, and, you know, and that's the way it's. Oh, and by the way, speaking of his lobby filled with sick children, one thing that I think American parents just don't know because, well, really nobody knows it uh, unless you dig into this sort of stuff like you and I do. But in America, if you run a, a if you're a pediatrician and you run a clinic that that deals with kids, if you have 63% of your customers, your children that you see, if you have 63% or more of those of your clients fully vaccinated, you get a bonus for each kid. Oh yeah. It's $400 per kid. So when you do the math on it, on an average size of a a pediatrician's uh, company, on average, they can count on about $100,000 a year in bonuses from Pfizer. Jeez. From from the from the from the not just Pfizer from from the the companies that manufacture vaccines, but you have to have sixty three percent fully vaccinated. If you fall below that, you're you you become unqualified. So if you've ever felt your pediatrician in America kind of pushing you a little bit too far, like kind of a little bit more, and like really kind of hammering you every time you come in, just understand that he has a financial incentive to make sure that everybody is fully vaccinated. He gets paid like essentially like a free Mercedes every year, the equivalent of. So you've got to know, again, like if you knew that and you went in, you'd be like, oh, I know what he's doing. But if you don't know that, you just be like, wow, this doctor really cares. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, dude, it's, geez, you're on fire today, Charlie. I know. Did, like, well, this stuff have, bother, it, if, it's of kids. Course, of course. It's kids, it's you know? It's, you want to do it to adults? It's beyond sickening, bro. But let, 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 <clears throat> let me ask okay. you. Um, here, This one bugs me a lot. So many people are like, oh, yeah, my, my kids are fully vaccinated and, and they're perfectly healthy. Like, what do you say to those people? Good. I hope they are. Got lucky, I hope yeah. they are. Yeah. I hope they are not then they're in the minority. Do they have food allergies? Do they have asthma. ADHD? Do they have asthma? Do they have, uh, a, 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 do they have eczema? Do they have, um, you know, how, how are they, how are they in their height and gro- uh, growth and weight? Are they, where are they in terms of percentages of, I mean, I know a lot of people that have two kids, I, I actually know a, a doctor friend of mine who I've known my entire life. Uh, he's got two kids. First kid, fully vaccinated, very sick, uh, uh, allergies to all kinds of things, especially food related. And second kid, they didn't do anything. And I asked him, I said, did you, you guys, he, he, he said to me, You're, you guys doing the vaccines or no? I said, no. Uh, when, when our daughter was born and I said, what about you? I said, what do you, he says, well, interesting story. One is, one isn't. And I was like, oh, and he said, first one came, we did the thing. And then we saw all of these, 
reaction. Second one, we just went, oh, I don't think we're going to do it. And I go, and he said, second one's fine. First one is fine too, but just has some of these things. They're not autistic or, or anything. And so when you, when, when people in our alternative media say things like vaccines cause autism, it, we we always have to be very careful with that disclaimer and by by saying listen it, it not every kid not every time you know it's you can't say that that it that does every single time but i'll tell you what i i know moms oh man this one is heartbreaking i know a, a mom who uh said to me her her daughter was totally normal in every measurable way up until that 18 month wellness check went in, got the shots and immediately changed. No eye contact, no speaking, nothing. And she said to me, I'll, I'll never hear my daughter say, mommy, I love you. And I was like, Whoa. And, 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 and I wanted to say, like, I always think about that when there are the, 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 the very aggressive people that say what you're saying about vaccines is dangerous. It doesn't cause autism and any of these things. What I want to say is, Oh, don't tell me that you tell that mother that you tell her it's all in her head. You tell her that she's imagining this entire thing. Mothers know their children better than anybody. And when, when a mother says everything was fine, until I brought my kid in for the wellness check and then the lights turned off in their brain or I took them home and they died. In America, they call that sudden infant death syndrome. Just happened. Just suddenly an infant died. Just now we were talking about this earlier, how in the old days, you know, listen, if you made it past five, you were pretty good. But in the er early days, infant mortality was through the roof. But now, now, now you're going to, you're going to make it through five more than likely. But there was this epidemic in the 80s and 90s, sudden infant death syndrome. Couldn't figure it out. Really, well, it's interesting because it all started after 86 when they increased the vaccine schedule. And what also was, was really fascinating about it was that all these infants that just up and died also had just been to like the 18-month or 24-month mm. pediatrician visit, got loaded up with shots and went home and died. But they can't admit that that is uh, vaccine related because if they were to admit that, then they would give up the whole game. And of course, for those in America as well, because I know this is an international show, in America, Mm -hmm. they took the extraordinary step in 1986 of making it illegal for you to sue the manufacturers of vaccines for wrongful death or issues. They created something called the Vaccine Adverse Effects Reporting System, VAERS, and they created a court system for it. They said, listen, if you've got a problem with the shots uh, moving forward, you can't take it to court. You can't take it to a real court. The pharmaceutical industry was getting destroyed in court by all these people that were suing them. And so they bought a bunch of politicians, which is the best investment they could ever make. And in 1986, mm-hmm. they passed a law so that you couldn't sue them anymore. And now it take you have to sue them in a different court, a VAERS court. And that's a kangaroo court of, 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 of epic proportions. And so 
once that once they they put that that law in there so that you couldn't sue them, then the number of shots given per child just spiked, went straight yep. through the roof because they all of a sudden they had immunity. They knew that yeah. nothing was going to happen. They had a green light to just start selling whatever vaccines they wanted, as long as the CDC would approve these vaccines to go on the vaccine schedule. The, 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 the list that tells you what you need to do. You need to get these shots at this date and you need to get these other shots at a later date. And that's the vaccine schedule. So if the CDC says that a vaccine can be put on that vaccine schedule, then it's then part of the schedule that the doctors need to follow. But here's something interesting that most people don't know. The CDC are co-owners in the patents for the vaccines that they approve. You were lying. Put, <laughs> that's what you'll get. You'll get that as an answer. You're lying. You're lying. Yeah. The CDC makes $5 billion a year from the patents that they own on the vaccines that they regulate. You tell me that's not criminal. No, so, but they're, they're there to prevent, to control and prevent diseases. That's what the CDC is yeah, there for, yeah, that's a, the, It says it in the name. The, 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 it's the, in the, the name. Like, what are you, what's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, yeah. And then the head of the CDC who approves these vaccines and adds them to the schedule when they when their term is done at the CDC who do they go to work for they go sit on the board of Pfizer like Scott Gottlieb did for 5 million dollars a year yeah there you go I it's mean- just it's it's part of what people need to know in order to better their health doesn't even involve health they just need to get honest about the relationship between these companies and government and the media. And if they did that, then they would they would be a little bit more suspicious next time a, a pandemic came around or the next time the solution was offered. You go, well, the solution is great and all, but it's coming from the worst people around. I don't know if I trust the solution. Mm-hmm. So you can get to a point where it's like, oh, you're oh, so you're are you a doctor? Like, no. Like, well, then how do you know? I, you're right. I'm not a doctor. I, I don't need to be a doctor to know that the media, the government, and big pharma are all deeply corrupt and working together to try and convince me to take their product. Do I need to know exactly the science behind how it works? No, I don't know that. There's plenty of other people out there that do, and they can get get you into the into the minutia of how it all works. Uh, what I can tell you is that it's just like organized crime. It's like, a, it's like, you know who the organized crime bosses are. It's these, these guys. And so if they tell you to get into the car, we're going for a ride. Are you going to get in the car and go for a ride with the organized crime boss, fam- uh, crime family bosses? I'm not. And so that's what they're asking you to do. So again, it just kind of pays to know a little bit about the relationship that the pharmaceutical industry has with these other institutions, because if you know how dirty and how deeply embedded these things are, then, you know, you just, you're going to have more information to make a decision. And in the end, you know, it's none of my business what somebody does with their health or with their kids' health. I mean, I have my thoughts on it and I have my opinions, but I just hope that they are making a decision with as much information as, as they can get and and that's what i've tried to do in the books or the the podcast is just say here's some information to consider as well in the end do whatever you want to do you know as, i i don't you know if 
it's going to be up to the parents to make that decision. But, but I feel like if I was going to make a big decision, I would like to have as much information as I can, and then I can process it. And maybe I'll still make the same decision after all, but, but at least I know the, as that doctor said, at least I know what I'm working with now. Yeah, man. Don't forget. You can always do something later, but you can't undo some things, you know? Yeah. It's like, and like, again, going back to other things that were recommended, look at the food pyramid. Like why are American people so overweight? But they, they, the research shows that they're following in the eighties, you know, the, so first of all, in the fifties, it was cholesterol, uh, saturated fat. Then it was just fat being demonized. So all these low fat diets and people were like doing, uh, all the exercise they were supposed to do every week, you know, 150 minutes of aerobic and this and that people, they seem to be following the advice and like, just looking with, the. The COVID stuff, the general population will continue, will do what the government tells them. Um, so people have been following that advice, the, the 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 food pyramids and all this BS. But people are have never been uh, sicker and less healthy and less happy and less thriving ever, ever. Like look at pictures of of American folks in the forties, thirties, forties, even fifties, like. The guys in the suits, the ladies in their nice dresses, people were prim and proper. Like the decay of society, of culture, of like look at the music industry, look at what TV shows aimed at kids are, and, and just in general television, how incredibly degenerate degenerated it all is. You know, if you yeah. continue to, to tr blindly trust without doing research, I mean... Look, I, I, I had, I, I spoken to moms where they, they went in, the kid went in for an MMR vaccine. There was one mom, this was actually one of the first moms I spoke to when I started working with autism. And she, she told me <clears throat> her kid at, at 18 months, I, I believe it was, got the MMR vaccine. And she said everything was totally normal. Since then, he basically has not, had not uttered a word and he would just make this shrieking noise. I could hear it in the background, like something like that, you know. Yeah. I could hear it in the background when I was talking to her, and it was absolutely horrifying. And she was just like, at, she's like, I'm at my wit's end. I don't know what to drink. I don't know what to give him. He will eat a little bit of banana sometimes. And the, they have this pediasure, which is like a concoction that they give to kids that are at um, – uh, risk for for severe malnutrition, and I she she sent me what she's giving the kid, and um, you know I I I looked up the ingredients. It's it's um, disgusting what what was in there. You know like seed vegetable seed oils, just various sort of horrendous chemicals that you no nowhere in, there should. And this kid was four years of age at that time, so two and a half years had passed, so he was nonverbal still, and you know. You go tell that mom. You go tell that mom. Uh, otherwise, that it wasn't that event. You know, like what? What are you gonna say to convince her? And to anyone that has not had any serious adverse events, I'm I I'm also glad. But I would be I would be like more thinking. You're playing Russian roulette here with your child's health. That's what I I look at it, right? You're playing Russian roulette, 
be glad, thank the good Lord that, you know, you have not suffered because I, from my work with kids with autism, and I, I don't only work with kids with autism. I actually have a couple of clients, their kids are, you know, whatever you want to call it, neurotypical. They, they've not been diagnosed with autism, but they still, kids are still having health issues, even if they're not vaccinated. I have one client, she told me a harrowing story where they had to take her kid to the emergency room last year and they're not vaccinated. Her, 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 her kid isn't. And she told me how traumatizing it was when they found out that her child is not vaccinated, how horribly they treated her in the ER, you know wow. what I'm saying? In, in the, in the States. So like the, the cultural stigmatization and the sort of creating two classes of people, it's, what they're you the social engineers that what the tactics they're using is just beyond horrendous. But you know, like I'll just say, it's just count your lucky stars. You've not had an adverse event. You know what I mean? But yeah. get educated, folks. Please get educated. E- education is free nowadays. All the research your doctor is purported to have read, which ver- I guarantee you, not many doctors are reading a lot of research. They're not keeping abreast with the research when you're running a busy practice. So the research is available to us all. There's tons of books. People have simplified it and cited the research. If you want to get deeper into it, you know, don't just blindly trust, verify, as they say. I'd also ask parents to be logical. And, and during, during COVID, we, we saw that they were pushing people, convincing people to be illogical. Logic is this, this is... The numbers come out and they say that you have a 99.98% survivability rate from COVID, just the average. If you're if you're under 21, the survivability rate was 99.9997. So it was like almost zero. But any but the old one, 99.98% survivability rate. So I've asked people to 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 just think of it like this. If you took a math test, if you were back in school, and you took a math test and that and you hand, you you filled it all out the teacher graded it gave it back to you and you got a 99.98% on it would you ask the teacher for extra credit homework would you, to raise your score would you ask for extra credit the answer is no way man you'd be happy with that score it's a great score what would you what if the extra credit you know the, the cuz let's be let's let's do the math the maximum that a va- that a vaccine in this scenario, it's the extra credit homework. The maximum that it can do for you is give you 0.02% more protection. Can't do more than 100%. So would you ask for extra credit for 0.02%? The answer is eh, probably not. It, definitely not if they told you that the extra credit could kill you. <laughs> you know, like, would you do it if it, if there's a chance that the extra credit could kill you? But absolutely not. So why are you in a rush to inject yourself with untested gene therapy in the result with relation to, to the COVID vaccines, the gene therapy that never cleared stage three trials that would, that was killing, killing a bunch of the animals. That t- why yeah. would you do that? If you're, you're the only upside is so small and the downside is so massive, you would just have to be bad statistical analysis or you'd have to be afraid afraid yeah and they want you to be afraid 
And if you, they can get you afraid, they can get you to act emotionally and not logically. And because if anyone was just, if anyone just said, all right, like, give me just, let's just look at the numbers. You'd go, statistically speaking, this isn't a big deal. COVID isn't a big deal. Statistically speaking. For the people that died from it, it's a huge, it's, it's obviously the only deal. It's the biggest deal in the world. And for their families, but, you know, statistically speaking, not da- not not very dangerous. Yeah. If you have and in America they came out and they said, "Well, it's it's killed all these people." And then you read the very last paragraph it says, "But of the people it killed, 94% of them had on average 2.8 comorbidity conditions." And you're like, like heart disease, cancer, etc. Car accident, skydiving accident, you know, all these suicide. things contributed to the death, suicide, you know. Yeah. And COVID, and you add that all up, and you go, "Well, wait a second. This, this, this is these numbers aren't even right. These, these numbers don't even make sense." So, six percent died from COVID, and ninety-four percent died with COVID. Well, what does that mean? It means well, it means that technically, maybe it showed up in your system somewhere based on this fraudulent test that we invented for it. That. Carrie Mullis said you should never use uh, for something like this. The guy, you know, the guy who invented the test and won the Nobel Prize for it. Uh, he said it's not a diagnostic tool for Did something die? like this. Was he still alive? No, he no, he died uh, six months before COVID. That's totally a coincidence, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure they just. I'm sure that just happened. He seemed like he was in good shape, uh, but what do I know? So again, they can if they can get you, if they can get you scared. They can get you to act against your own self-interest, or they can get you to make short-term decisions as opposed to long-term ones. And 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 of course, let's not let's not discount the the real psychology behind peer pressure and groupthink and all of these things. This is this is more a little bit more difficult to measure. You you don't get this ninety-nine point nine eight percent number with regard to herd mentality sort of, you know, it's, it's sort of less quantifiable, but like how much does it play a role? plays a big role. If you're, everybody in your job is saying to do it and your boss is saying to do it and your family's saying to do it and the television is telling you to do it. I mean, you have to be pretty strong to stand up against that. And yet a third of the population did. And so for those people that maybe are just coming around to figuring this out better, better late than never, right? You, 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 you won't get fooled again, but, uh, uh, but you got to get honest about the relationship between you and and the pharmaceutical industry and that they treat you as a, you know, the, they're in business. They're trying to sell you a product. They're not, they're not some altruistic endeavor that's here to make the world a better place. They're here to make money. And, and you are the customer and your health is open for interpretation as far as they're concerned they'll they'll tell you whatever they need to tell you to get you to feel a certain way to buy their products so just the the more you know the better the more you know about this the more able you are to stand up for yourself because what you don't want to have happen is you don't want to get into a debate with somebody where you only have like part of the information, part of the facts, or you don't really have it. That's when you'll get steamrolled and you'll feel like, oh, well, I guess I just need to get on board with the program and do what everyone else is doing. I guess my argument isn't very good. No, your the argument the argument is great. You might just not be making the argument very well, but yeah. the argument against all this stuff is rock solid. I mean, I, you would I would never inject myself with any of this stuff ever. 
under any circumstances. So because I understand the the backstory, but so for those of you that are new to the information, like get 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 familiar with it to the extent that you can because you will be challenged about it. People will will yeah. question you. Why did you do this? Why didn't you do this thing? How yeah. dare you? And you have to be able to say, well, the reason why I didn't do it is because of this, this, and this. And you need to stand up to these people because a lot of people that will tell you you're crazy or you're wrong, they don't know what they're talking about. They don't yeah. know what yeah. they're talking. They just know what the television told them. Yeah. So exactly. they're making the same argument that the media is making. And, and that's, that, that's, that's an uninformed argument as far as I'm concerned. So, so it's going to be up to you. It's going to be up to you as a, as a, as a parent, as a, as, as somebody that that's looking out for your kids, you're just going to have to know as much as you can about this. Even if you're not a doctor, don't be scared to jump in this and, and, and get, uh, get comfortable on, on the information and then, and then stand up for yourself. Absolutely. man. Like, I love what you said there. I'm going to try to remember it. The argument for all of the, what you said is rock solid. You just made the rock solid argument in the space of one hour. And, you know, anyone can take any of these things that you said and research them independently and sh shoot us an email if you think something we got wrong and we will, we will, we are always ready to reevaluate. Dude, I'll tell you just what, one final thing before we wrap up. So this morning, because my, just to make a to make a, a long story short, my wife had some immune activation during um, her pregnancy. Uh, we did some food uh, sensitivity tests and so certain things she was very highly reactive to that had some skin stuff. And our kid has had some minor skin stuff here and there um, for basically since she was born. And we're trying to we're now getting to the point where we're almost on top of it. But it's the kind of thing where like, yeah, we probably shouldn't eat gluten. Uh, and 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 uh, uh, cow's milk and stuff. But um, so today my wife this morning said, "Did you see this thing I sent you yes last night? Apparently, uh, vitamin some on some forum, their parents are saying that vitamin D um, supplementation can exacerbate e eczema." So I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ! Okay, I will look into it. The first thing I did was I I, I put in DuckDuckGo vitamin D and eczema. And I got a, a review article on PubMed, you know, re, the the, re, uh, the repository for scientific research. And the first article I got was uh, a review article that um, uh, eczema is associated is associated with low vitamin D, and there could be merit in added vitamin D supplementation for eczema. So I'm like, look, we literally like these people you you just mentioned. This specific review article that's cited by 25 or 29, was it, um, uh, articles after that, cite this one. So it can't be complete other BS. I'm sure those folks that cited it read it. And if it was BS, they wouldn't cite it. They'd cite something else. So I'm going to look into it. But it made me like, not. I'm not that I'm giving her vitamin D much, like during the winter when she doesn't get much sunlight, where I was giving her a tiny amount of vitamin D, like a 400 international units, which is like a tiny, tiny amount. Um, so, but like I told her, look, I'm going to have to fucking reevaluate everything, go back to the drawing board. I've got lots of books as well on naturopathic and natural medicine. I'm going to re, I'm ready to reevaluate everything I'm doing 
including my own protocols, including the, the protocols I, uh, you know, recommend to my clients. I'm at a moment's notice. I, if you tell me, I heard this and this and this, and here's the article. Da, da, da. And when I say article, I don't mean on the New Yorker, don't do your own right. research. I mean like a scientific paper, like some peer-reviewed journal. There's a lot of messed up corruption going on there. But, yep. you know, you, you always have to take everything with a grain of salt. So I'm ready to, at a drop of a hat, reevaluate everything. And I think that's what folks out there need to be able to do. If you're doing one set of things for your child, for yourself, for your health, for your whatever else, if someone comes to you, you should have the flexibility of mind to just say, okay, you know what? I had one friend, he was getting into plant-based stuff and i had just finished being in the plant-based stuff so like bro listen look trust me we're 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 from eastern europe we need meat our our, our ancestors always ate meat here i gave him a bunch of resources like oh damn bro you're giving me so much to to research now i'm gonna have to and this is what i love about that friend is like i'm gonna read everything you send me watch all those videos read all those books and papers and i will make a new informed decision where a lot of people they would just ignore you and say whatever youtube is yeah. right you idiot so yeah that's yeah. that's what i wanted to add there charlie if you have any sort of last words of advice because you're a parent you've been through like a pretty you know with, with the stuff with the pediatrician the stuff with the california nonsense you've been through quite a bit if you want to end with any words of wisdom and then tell folks uh where they can find your work um on the internet please well, thank you for having me, first of all. I always enjoy our conversations. And um, I think that for parents out there that that feel that they're at a disadvantage because the doctors, there's pressure from their peer groups to, to get the vaccines for their kids. The doctors are pressuring them. It feels like everybody's against you. Um, that's okay. That's okay. Your job is to protect your kid. Your job is to understand as much as you can and get as much information as you can and then make a decision. I'm not, I'm out of the decision-making process for you. I can give you the information that I have, but in the end, it's a personal choice. It's a personal decision. But if you do everything that you, if you read what you're supposed to read and you come at this from, from an angle of a little bit of skepticism towards the pharmaceutical industry and, and, and you can, you can do this. It's not, too scientific for you for you to figure out they'll have you believe that they'll scare you away from digging into this but it's it's something that you can do you've got to find a, a variety of resources and and hopefully uh, my work could be one of them but but just one of them because you got to get other stuff in like christian said man you got to you got to you got to do the research this is part of it it's a piece to the puzzle but it's only one piece do your own research. And then when you do your own research on this stuff and somebody questions you about it, you will be able to explain to them why you've come to the conclusion that you have, as opposed to just listening to somebody who said, do this, don't do that. If you read and you understand it, and then someone questions you, you'll say, well, the reason why I did it is because of this and that and this other thing. And this is how I feel. And then stand up for yourself. Then just be comfortable with the decision that you've made because you will get challenged by 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 people that don't know as much but think they do and that that's something to really keep in mind you know you can do this you you really can as a parent who's not a, a, do, a doctor and not a scientist and doesn't have the time you can still do this you can still put your kid in a position to to um, to be healthy because you 
you got honest about what's really going on. And what's going on right now is there's a lot of being money being made off of sick kids. And it's a damn shame. And it's, a, it's yeah. disgusting. So yeah. for those that want to find out more about my my work, you can find my podcast, Macroaggressions, in audio format, wherever podcasts are served. They're, uh, it, it's in video format on Rockfin is the best place for that. You can find my website is theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. That's the name of my first book. And in that book, you can find quite a bit of information. I talked about the eight tentacles of control and one of them being the medical industry. And that's why I know what I know about this is because when you research control structures, what you find is that there's a very important part uh, that the medical industry plays in controlling things. And so for those that want to do that, you can check out uh, everything that you need on my website there. And thanks for having me back, man. Thank you so much, uh, Charlie. Uh, the podcast is really good, Macroaggressions. Uh, Charlie has, I think, over 1,600 reviews on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, guys. This is and Some of them are even good reviews, too. <laughs> this is a really good uh, podcast. He's got some really good guests as well. Some not so good ones. For example, this last one he had, uh, he has a weird accent. The guy, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I was actually just on Charlie's podcast. We we're talking about... Uh, detoxification and stuff like that. So yeah. if you if, feel free to check out the episode with myself and himself, my podcast Connecting Minds has some um, interviews with Charlie as well. And you can find him, you can find interviews with Charlie all over as well. That's why I, I believe that's why his case is so watertight when he presents it is because, you know, you've been on so many interviews by now, bro, that like you were... Today, like you were on fire. Not a single word was out of place. I love that. Listen, I I I I take a lot of this stuff seriously. Uh, I have a good time. I have a fun time with 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 most of it. You know, most of it I just kind of goof on. But when it comes to protecting children and the health of children, it's a big deal, man. It's it's yeah. something that we we have to. Uh, be diligent about because there's some bad players out there that that don't don't care the way we yeah. care and so it's going to be up to us to to do that so i have a good time i have a fun time but when i need to be serious about the health of children and things like that then yeah i can i can snap i can snap back into uh anger mode and that and this stuff gets yeah. me angry and and i just it want is. to make sure that parents understand to the extent that i can convey the message that that you've been told some really big lies by some very powerful people. And the sooner you get honest about that, the better off uh, things will be for you. Yeah. It's not your fault, but now that you know the information, you have to make some. It's it's not your fault, but it might be your problem. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Charlie, thanks again, brother. Thank you, Christian.